Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. This is Sports Day. Yeah, good evening, Sports Day SA. David Woody and Dan Menzel for Irrigear to save time and water. Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. It is the silly season. We're hearing some ridiculous numbers being bandied around. I just heard that Adelaide have made a play for Harrison Petty. No, no, nothing wrong with making a play for him, but at eight or nine hundred thousand dollars a year for a third tall down back, I don't know. Is the world going silly, Dan? How are you? Uh, Wields, good evening. It's uh it's an incredible revelation, to be honest. Uh he has played in the same back line with Stephen May and Jake Lever and has still looked um Oh, I guess shaky at times. And so then to have those two guys around you, you're not going to play with those two guys at any other club. So as that third key defender, uh, yeah, I don't think he's worth that much money. I don't think you you want to give that much money to a player like that because if it doesn't come off, and we've seen so many of these deals in the past that have been inflated and they don't come off, then it does yeah. bite you. He's 23, much. he's contracted for two more years, and he's just come off a pretty nasty foot injury, hasn't he? He has. He's come off a nasty foot injury. Now, look, he played a really good game this year in round 20 against Richmond when he played Kick in the six. forward line. He kicked six and t- took 10 marks. He looked great, but the Crows aren't going to play him in the forward line. They don't need to play him in the forward line. So, again, to see that sort of money... I guess, offered. If that is the case, it's staggering because we've seen guys in the past that are a second or third key defender and they almost get overpaid because they have played some good footy, but they're not taking the best forward. They're not taking the second best forward. I mean, there's guys like Alex Keith that have come from the Crows and, yeah. and have looked very good on the second or third best forward and then they go and play on the best one and no, it's a lot harder. So all I'm saying is if he is getting 800000 that's probably not far off what Stephen May's getting. Now, who would you rather in your yeah. team? With Jake Lever even. Correct. And I know that, look, the Crows stocks and the injuries there down back uh, are an issue for them, but do you want to put that much money into a player that's not necessarily proven? I suppose you have to pay overs to get him back, don't you? That's always the case. They're in the right time. I mean, it's not... Harrison's petty, Petty's fault if no, he gets a million bucks a year for the first year and then back to 800 after two correct. or three. Correct. You, you definitely do have to pay overs, but, I mean, overs is still maybe six hundred or 700000 to be honest. Um, 800 or a million is a lot of money. But, um, look, watch this space. It's an interesting one. Melbourne won't want to give him up cheaply. Think about um, players that have played at three clubs. Brody Grundy, you know, when he played in the grand final of the Collingwood, he was, uh, he was gun. I think all-Australian gun ruckman goes to Melbourne – uh, I think Collingwood saw a way or tried to get rid of some of the salary. Can't get a game there with Max Gorn. And now he's going to Sydney. So where does his standing in football, Dan, at the end of it? Like he's had, made what, five good years at Collingwood? One horrible year yep. at Melbourne. And now he's got to make his mark again in Sydney. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting one. I mean, it's the right move for him, though, because we know what happened at Melbourne this year. That absolutely did not work. And so for him to... Get to Sydney is 100% the right move. He had a choice, obviously, out of Port Adelaide, uh, potentially the Bombers, and then Sydney's the one he chose. Um, Now, the Swans got the deal done today for picks 46 and a future second-round pick. I think it's probably a fair deal for both parties. Um, We know that his best is good enough. He covers the ground really well, but we also know that he needs to be the number one ruck. He can't play in the He's a workhorse, isn't he? He is. And with Tom Hickey retiring from the Swans, it just opens up beautifully for them. He's a four-club man, Tom Hickey. Yes, <laughs> he's got one more on Brody. But, um, yeah, I, I just think that what Sydney's doing is really nice. They also brought in Taylor Adams today as well. They've been extremely busy. So that was pick 33 for the Magpies vice-captain to go to Sydney. 
James Jordan's done. Joel Hamlin is done. And the She's Swans, well. yeah, they've done so well. And the Swans' young list, I was there with a few of them and they brought in a few since. They have so much talent on that list under the age of 25. So I think it's a great fit for Brody. And if they go on and win the flag in the next couple of years, everyone goes, it is absolutely worth it. And Brody Grundy, will he'll get back to that status of what he once had. Footy, business, footy is a business now. It's like you change your job out in normal society. But does your footy um, legacy get diminished if you go to three or four clubs? You generally make it at one club, don't That's where you, your priority is. Yep. But Tom Mitchell, for example, he's, he's third club. He goes Sydney, Hawthorne, plays in a premiership. Yep. We saw Peter Moore win... Brownlows with two different clubs in Stewart win Brownlows with two different clubs. So, but three, three Taylor Adams is now a going to club. a third club. Yeah, I remember he went to, he was at GWS. A lot of so people forget that. Probably my point is do we treat it more like a job now rather than um, being loyal to a club like it used to be? Yeah. It used to always be loyal. Yeah, it's an industry nowadays yeah. and that's what it is known as. And it's probably taken the last three or four years to get to that stage. I remember uh, when I was at Geelong and, and, Ended up going to Sydney in that I remember having the hard thought in my mind, I can't leave this club. I've got to be loyal to them. And 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 that was some of the messages I got from supporters and fans as well is where's the loyalty? Whereas the nowadays can give you no loyalty in there. Correct. Too. So nowadays it, people do understand it's a business, but I don't think that it diminishes players' um, CVs. I don't think it does because you're remembered for what you do in the big moments, the big games. And Tom Mitchell, he'll be remembered for winning a premiership. And a Brownlow. And a Brownlow medal. But people will remember his premiership and his game on grand final day where he got the job yeah. done for Collingwood and he laid 12 tackles and he was huge for them in the grand final. So I think those would be the things that will stand out for him in particular will be his Brownlow medal and his premiership at Collingwood. And, and lots of great two-club players. Look at Jack Crisp plays 25 games, I think, Brisbane. Now he's been a star, hasn't he, for Collingwood? He has. And so you definitely – it's all, it's about the right fit and it's amazing how many players they get the opportunity in the right fit and it does pay off for them and – uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, and we know that it obviously didn't work with Melbourne with the two rucks this year. But um, speaking about the right fit, well, the Bombers have, have gone with two ruckmen with Todd Goldstein coming in. And we know Draper is there as well. Brad Scott had a chat about the two ruckmen and the competition. Yeah, look, I, I, think I'm, I couldn't have been happy with how it was handled from a North point of view. And you know the, the way I was able to leave, I think it, it ended on really good terms, So, which is which was the ideal situation for all of us. And yeah, I think there's obviously going to be a, a fair competition for spots at, at Essendon, and I think you know me, Nick, and Sam are all all have have going to have a fair say in, in who gets to be number one and, and who gets to play. Brad's pretty committed to to playing two rucks, which helps. Um, but I'm also really looking forward to to helping the development of of Sam and Nick, and I think I think they're both really highly talented players that are very raw, and and we can really harness that and, and turn them into to fantastic ruckmen. So Brad Scott is committed to playing the two rucks is what Todd Goldstein just mentioned there. So interesting to see if it works. It didn't at Melbourne. Uh, the other team, Wilds, that's interesting with this is Fremantle. They don't want Sean Darcy going anywhere. Now, can they play the two rucks in Luke Jackson and Sean Darcy? Well, let's have a listen to Peter Bell and wanting to retain Sean Darcy. Yeah, we are. And we're in those negotiations, Josh, and, and they're going well. But, you know, they'll take a bit of time, obviously, but we've been in. Uh, through David Walls, really strong dialogue uh, with Sean and the family. And, and we know that Sean in particular is really excited about the partnership with Luke. Um, you know, I see the narrative, of course, that Luke is a really talented uh, ruckman and, and that he is, of course, but we also see him as a talented midfielder and, and, and forward. And, and we'd love to further explore 
how that tandem can work as offering something unique and different in the AFL. It's not everybody's cup of tea. I understand that, but we think it's really exciting and we're looking forward to exploring that and confident that things are progressing well with Sean. Yeah, it worked, I suppose, with um, with Gorn and Jackson and we saw Cox and, and Cameron, so it can work playing two tools. That was a good oil thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. It is a great olive oil. As we said, think of the name, remember the name, Cobram Estate, uh, first harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. Let's go to Troy. Hello, Troy. David and men, how are you, boys? Going well, Troy. What do you got for us? Um, well, before I get to Stuart Dew, um... I don't know if you remember Alistair Clarkson a couple of seasons ago getting his own way with Gil McLaughlin because he bought him a cup of coffee or something. I've heard a whisper that he's actually dropped off a pallet <laughs> of coffee at the ASL. The amount of favours North Melbourne are getting. Compensation. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hey? Yeah, no, you're right. Not a load of... Kingy Kingy should whisper in your boss's ear and have his own radio show because he's... He could fill it with 24 hours of yep. kangaroo, whatever. Uh, Stuart Jew, um, bit of a whisper around over we out west. Um, he could be an assistant coach at West Coast Eagles, boys. You heard anything about that? No, but uh, I know there's a few positions available. Port obviously got one. Crows had just lost an assistant. I thought he might even think about coming home. If Would Crows look at Stuart Jew? Oh, you, assist, he's been without, a senior coach? Without a doubt, you would. I think um, uh, coaches that have been sacked and then come back into the system the following year, they are terrific pickups for clubs because they know how to run a footy club. It might not have worked, but when you put them back into a job which is not as busy, it's not as full on, they are so good at nailing it. I mean, the example I give is Don Pike at Sydney. Got sacked from Adelaide. He goes up there. He takes over their ball movement. Now, Horse Longmire is a defensive-minded coach. So he goes, all right, I'll get you to take care of our ball movement and our offense. They come out, and they are a completely different team. Brent Bolton, too, another one. Exactly. There is so many of them that have done good jobs. Reece Shaw's doing a pretty good job at the moment. So, yes, Joey Jew would be a great asset for any club that can get him. Troy reckons maybe West Coast might be the one under Adam Simpson. Yeah, he'll get a gig. One who Adelaide are looking for. Um, they really did like James Riley. Oh, did, did Riley was great. Things, I was he? with him at Geelong, and he's gone back to Geelong. Yeah. Um, he had the number one offense last year with the Ford line at the Crows. So that will be a loss. They'll need to replace him. But, um, yeah, I wish Riley was all the best at Geelong, back where he initially started his, his playing and coaching journey. Yeah, it's funny how coaches – it is a coaching merry-go-round. Most of them find another gig, don't they? Brendan Lade's been to a few. Yep. Uh, Adam Kingsley went to th- two or three clubs before he got his, his final one. So. Well, and it's situation-based too. If you're at the team that wins a premiership, yeah, you're probably yeah. doing a good job. But at the same time, it's amazing how much uh, more in demand those coaches are. Now, when I was at Geelong, we had um, Bournemouth Thompson as coach, and we had McCart- Jason McCartney, Brenton Sanderson yep. underneath. They both went and got head coaching yep. jobs within a couple of seasons. Uh, and don't get me wrong, they're both good coaches, but even the guys underneath, everyone got promoted and it's what happens when you have success because you have a really good game plan and everyone wants to try and get a little bit of that game plan. Well, you look at um, Port Adelaide out of there, they've had Clarkson come out of there, Hardwick, Jew and Kingsley. Yeah. All out of the Port Adelaide, under Mark Williams. Yeah. Of that program. So you're right. If success, see, you follow success. So Good stuff there. Hey, coming up on the show, thanks to Lumo Energy. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo today. And Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. We've got Crows, AFL, Young Gun, 
Tia Charlton will join us. Uh, six from six, got the Bulldogs this week. 36 is assistant Scotty Ninnis. Poor old Scotty needs to come on after they've had a win there. Norton 4. And some more Continental Tyres trade radio update. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Sports Day SA, Dan Menswin, David Wildey. Trade radio update brought to you by CMC Invest. International investing made easy. Download CMC Invest today. And, yeah, plenty happening. Um, some deals have been done. Some are yet to be done, Dan. Yeah, now there's a few deals that we saw today. Uh, we'll go through a couple of them here, Will. So Zach Fisher, that's a done deal to North Melbourne from Carlton. So what they're going to get there, the Blues receive pick 21 and 25 and North Melbourne. They get pick 17 back and Zach Ooh. Fisher, I think it's quite a nice deal for North He's had Melbourne. his best year, I reckon, this year too. Got a lot of the ball, didn't he, late in the season? Yeah, so. he did. Uh, so Sydney have been very busy, we know that. Taylor Adams and Brady Grundy we mentioned earlier in the show, but they have sent Dylan Stevens to North Melbourne as well. So North get a couple of players there. So Stevens, the deal there is the Roos also received pick 25, while the Swans will get picked 44 and North Melbourne's end of next year's first round draft pick. So a little bit in that one. I think it's to free up a little bit of money as well to allow Adams, Grundy, Hamlin and Jordan to come he, in. He was a top 10 draft pick. I would have thought he, was. he might no, have come back to... Come back to the Crows. Yeah, he's pick five. He, he's, he's an Adelaide boy. But, um, yeah, I just think it's for all the players coming in. That's why that deal has happened and it will free up a little bit of money. Uh, the next one, Chris Burgess got done today for the Crows. So they get their man from Gold Coast. The Crows part with pick 23 and pick 26 in exchange for the Suns, Chris Burgess, and pick 14. So Ooh. it's uh, actually quite a nice deal for the Crows. They get pick 14 back and Chris Burgess, and they give up 23 and 26. So what's their, their draft hand now? They've got they got three under 20 now, have they? Yeah, well, how that looks now for them is they've got nine, nine 14, 14, and one for Bedersma, which could be could be 20 or 21. Ah, uh, well, no, that would be Port Adelaide. But, yeah, 9 and 14. Oh, not Dursma, a due day, sorry. Yeah. Yes, that's it. So 9, 14 and 20. That's that's a nice hand Ooh. for the Crows. Three in the top 20. That's what you want. And the other one was James Harms got done yesterday, uh, late yesterday. So that is a future third-round pick. He goes to the Bulldogs from Melbourne. So I think they'll work out for both parties there as well. Yeah, I reckon you're right. I reckon Sydney have just about uh, done the best. Now, Dursma, a lot of talk on on Xavier Dursma. Let's uh, hear Dodoro. This is Essendon. Recruiting manager on, on Xavier Dersma. To be honest, we haven't even got to the nitty gritty of that one. As I said, yep. we've got plenty of time. You know, I think Port have got a lot on their plate. We've got a fair bit on our plate, uh, but we'll get to uh, the nitty gritty of that one pretty soon. We got a lot on our plate. Port a lot on. Look, is it a straight swap or is, is Dersma to you worth more than Zerk Thatcher? He's worth more than Zerk Thatcher. So there's no that's a third no rounder plus. Zerk Thatcher. Yeah, you put something in there and that will happen. They, he's, he's right in terms of they've got time. They've got a, exactly a week. Uh, trade The trade period will finish in a week's time. It's 7 o'clock next Wednesday, so 7.30 Victorian time. So they've got a week. They've got a few other things that they will look to tie up, but that's also a little bit of, oh, we're, we're not that interested. We'll, and they're just trying to play it down so they don't have to give much up, but they'll have to give up more than Zerk Thatcher. Yeah, and his brother too, Zane. Now, they reckon he might go as high as pick four. I don't think Essendon anywhere near down that low, but here's Zane on the potential of playing with Xavier. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I, 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 don't know if it, I don't know if it's a possibility um, now. Uh, mm. I think that later down the track, I'd, I'd love to play with him. Uh, I think it's sort of been a dream that we've, Chatted about me and Xavier and and my younger brother Willem for a while now. So, 
yeah, I'd love to love to team up with him. Has he got a sister playing with Port Adelaide? a talented family. It is a very talented family. Like the Menzels. Uh, yeah, they got well, they got three. We don't. I don't actually <laughs> have any sisters, Wills. But um, they three in the AFL. The interesting thing I took out of that though was he said I'd love to play with him down the track. Now, if you're a if you're a team from the western states in particular, but even the northern states or here in South Australia. And you hear that I'd love to play with him down the track. Well, if if Xavier's going to Essendon, then it just it just that go home factor is there is all I'm sort of saying. So he must be uh, as a young lad even better than Xavier. He went at eighteen, I think, yep. draft pick. Yeah, well, it, now it, they're talking anywhere as low as three, four, or five. Correct, touted as a better prospect, absolutely. So it's uh, yeah, there's a few teams in there around three, four, five that will have a few picks before the bombers. The one I'm interested in is Harley Reid. They reckon he's as good as a generation player that they've ever seen. Um, some speculation doesn't want to go to the West Coast, but he is a young fella talking about that. Yeah, or as in when it's not true, like it's it's amusing, but um, yeah, I don't know. You think more to the people you circle with trust, and you, you know you know what you said. Your manager knows what you said. Um, even even West Coast know that I I didn't say it. But um, yeah, obviously it's a it's a crazy trade period. So who knows what will happen? And um, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty. But again, like what happens happens, and to have the opportunity in the first place is obviously huge. And yeah, to experience getting drafted will be something I'll cherish forever. So yeah, I saw highlights of him. It looks unbelievable. He does against men, big body, looks great. He he, he does. He um he is unequivocally the number one pick. Now, interestingly, um, what happens there with that? Now, if West Coast decide to trade away the number one pick, it will obviously be massive. Now, there is a WA boy who's rated very highly, a Curtin, I believe it is. Um, who they could take at pick two or pick three. So, so you give away one, yep. what do you want back? Well, the, you're not getting – I asked you this question yesterday on true or false. Do North Melbourne trade pick two and pick three? And you said no, they shouldn't. And I agree completely. You don't do that. Pick two and pick three are going to be unbelievable oh, players as well. And you exactly. just need to hit on one of them. If you hit on both, like she's on Wardlaw this year, it is amazing. So – I think if you're West Coast and you're going to North Melbourne, yet you want pick one, you want Harley Reid, and we'll take Curtin at two, we'll take your second pick. And we'll also take – they've got pick 15 in there. We'll also take pick 15. Now, is that enough? I think that's actually not a bad do. Two and 15 for one? Yeah. And you're going to get a guy from WA? I think it works at both. Yeah, look, I think you're right. There's been many examples where pick five has been better than pick one. As Blighty always says, it's only a number. Correct. And the other point you've got to think about here and factor in is that West Coast, they are in a world of hurt at the moment. They need to rebuild. They need draft picks. They need to take a lot of kids high rather than just oh. one. And so if I'm them, I'm trying to get an array of picks in the first 20, and it might be two or three picks. West Coast have absolutely butchered their, their going forward. I think they hang on to some of these old guys far too long. Now, catch every NFL game this season with Game Pass only on DAZN. A visit nfldazn.com forward slash NFL. Uh, plenty more to come to on the show. Uh, we've got a young lady, Tia Charlton. She's playing some good footy. Tackling machine, Dan. Averaging nine tackles a game. Incredible. Tia will join us. And also Scotty and Endis, poor old 36ers. They're Norton 4. But they must be getting closer and closer to their first win. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Sports ASA, David Wildey and Dan Menzel for Tire Power. Great race sale now on. 
get into your local independently owned tyre path today. Well, Dan, how well are the, the Crows going, the Crows girls, AFLW? Incredibly six from well. Six. They play the Bulldogs this week, should be seven from seven. And one young lady that's playing some really good football too is Tia Charlton, pocket dynamo, and uh, a young lady from South Adelaide, a great record, and she joins us now. Hi, Tia, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys going? Gee, a perfect start. You've, um, everything's going well, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, we're going all right, I'd say. <laughs> Just playing it down for now. Well, look, you knocked off the top team on the weekend, the other undefeated team, which is the Melbourne Demons, and won that game by 10 points. But, Tia, I want to know, what was the message from Doc Clark at quarter time? There was two goals, 4-16 to Melbourne, and, and your girls were yet to score. So how did you turn that around, and what was the message? Yeah, obviously that first quarter, um, it personally got me a bit nervous. I was like, oh, no, have we, you know, um, gone into it too easy or something like that? But, yeah, Doc just reminded us um, just to stick to what our initial plan was, um, which is just bring huge energy and intensity, and um, but also at times have good composure, which I think we did turn it around pretty quickly, which is good. Yeah, you certainly did, and, and it started in the midfield. Uh, Anne Hatch had 33 touches, two goals. Ebony Marinoff, 27 touches, two goals. Those girls in there are showing why they are some of the best players in the competition, and they're a massive reason why you were able to change, uh, change it towards your terms on the weekend. Oh, 100%. Those girls just do it um, week in and week out. So, yeah, they're you... definitely the bigger ones we need. You've been around now, 41 games. And the thing that amazes me of you, averaging nine tackles a game, Tia, has that, all, has that always been a strength of yours? Um, yeah, I would say um, definitely back in, like, um, Sandful days, always a big tackler. And then I think um, as I find my confidence um, going throughout the years, I think I'm just getting better and better and really bringing my strengths back. So, Tia, with that, 12 tackles on the weekend, you nearly had more tackles than you did touches on the weekend. You're yeah. nailing your role beautifully. You've played 41 games now. So how you talked about confidence. Um, you must feel like you're really starting to just contribute really well week in, week out at the level. Yeah, I'm definitely playing my role. Um, but, yeah, I think um, the first two years I was just, you know, trying to crack the side. And now that it's been a bit more consistent, um, yeah, I think – just having confidence going into games and knowing what I need to do for the team. Take us through your journey. Did you start really young? We said South Adelaide, a Southern girl there, but some of the other girls had come from different sports. Has it always been football for you? Um, well, I did football when I was like 11 with a boy. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of took a bit of a break um, and I did stuff life-saving um, pretty much growing up. And then, yeah, came found footy again when it starting to get a bit more popular within the younger girls and, yeah, kind of just took off from there. Was it nervous on draft night? Adelaide took you first pick, I think, 2020. Uh, were you nervous uh, that night? Yeah, definitely nervous. <laughs> um, it was good to have all my family around, which is just a really special moment. So, yeah, something I'll definitely remember for a long time. So, Tia, what does week-to-week look like for you now? Is it We know that AFLW has now become professional and, and the women are play, paid at a decent level where a lot of them it would potentially be a full-time job. How does that look for you? Do you have another job? Um, and how busy is it keeping you? Yeah, so um, I think I'm a bit lucky um, that I'm a bit younger, so I don't really have much of an other avenue. I really solely wow. focus on football, um, which is, yeah, I'm really grateful to have. Um but, yeah, so obviously a lot of other girls have their jobs that they had before even starting footy. Is there much, um, much, yeah. much talk here with this massive pay rise for the men and the women over the next five years? It's so exciting and it's great to have all the, 
the girls' um, competition included. Well, much talk about that with you and your, your teammates? Oh, definitely. I think <laughs> it's just like that next step um, to going full-time. And um, obviously, every time we get a bit of a pay rise, that allows girls to take a bit more time off of their other job and um, put more work into footy and hopefully that will show benefits in the long run. Yeah, no, absolutely will. So, Tia, as you mentioned, footy's the main one for you. Any study or anything else that you might potentially do down the track or are you just solely going to look at playing AFLW for another 10 years? Oh, well, that would be the dream. But um, <laughs> no, definitely, definitely need to look into um, some more study and stuff for after footy because footy isn't forever, but definitely enjoying it while I'm yeah, doing it. I noticed your birthday on Anzac Day too, same as Taylor Walker. So what do you watch the, the big Collingwood-Essendon game, do you, every Anzac Day? Yeah, well, my, that's what my dad was doing when I was being born. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm still yet to actually go um, go to one. actual game. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's definitely a dream of mine. It'll be a great birthday. And, but, and yeah. the other, other thing, Tia, playing at this, this time slot, you basically start when the men's final's on rather than being in the the real heat of, you know, late January, February. Do you, do you think it's better where – do you think it's the right place now where you are? Um, yeah, I'd say so. I think um, when we were playing kind of near, like, the end of summer or even in the middle of summer, that was just – it was just too hot for football um, and the length of the quarters. Um, but, yeah, I think we've finally found the right position to start playing um, – yeah, so I think girls are definitely enjoying it a lot more. You'd have been used to the heat. You mentioned surf lifesaving. You took that pretty seriously as a as a young lady. Yeah, I um yeah took part in a lot of state teams and stuff like that, and went over to Queensland a few times. So yeah, I loved my surf lifesaving, but yeah, in the end, had to choose between footy and surf. And what about um, Adelaide? Apart, Sarah Allen's out. She's a big big out. But uh, any other injuries, or you're pretty well all all girls on deck. Um, yeah, no, we've been training really well. So um, most girls are fit. I think on the weekend, um, Yvonne Bonner did go down with a slight um, knee issue. So I don't think she'll be playing for the next few weeks. Yep. Um, but other than that, I think the girls are pretty fit and happy. So T, I, I ran into Courtney Cramer a couple of weeks ago and, and said, geez, she's a killer at the moment. And you were, I think you're 3-0 and at the time. And she said, oh, we're just going okay. And you sort of <laughs> opened the show with, or opened the interview with a very much a similar, very just modest, humbling approach. You take on the Bulldogs this week. They are 0-6. You are 6-0. and You're playing at home at Norwood Oval on Friday night at 6.45. You must be mm-hmm. excited about what score you can kick against a team that is battling at the moment. Um, yeah, well, the only thing is the last um, two times we've uh, um, the Bulldogs, they've actually gone down to um, lose against them, um, oh. even in the year that we won the premiership. So um, they're a bit of a kryptonite for some reason. Ah, so they've so, got the wood over you, although they are struggling a yeah. bit more this year. But um, yeah, you're averaging 65 points a game on offense, which is uh, second in the competition. So it is a great spectacle to watch. And uh, like I said, it must be enjoyable playing in. So definitely we'll just get down Friday night if you can to see the Crows take on the Bulldogs. Norwood Oval, 6.45, yeah. going to be perfect conditions. And you can get down and watch Tia and her teammates. Yeah. Um, one last one, Tia. What, what do you reckon has been the biggest improvement? I've noticed certainly from year one to now, it's improving every year. And I, I'm just amazed with how the girls tackle. That to me, I think they tackle just as well as the guys and, get in there and uh, show no fear. What do you think is the biggest improvement? Um, yeah, I think, um, like you said, um, we're just really hard at it. Um, but, yeah, I think also, obviously, spending more time at the club, more hours, we're able to put more time into our um, skills and stuff. So I think just 
even the knowledge of the game and yeah, that, that sort of stuff has just improved every year, which has been really good. Well, you keep up good work. If you can average nine tackles a game, I don't think I had nine tackles in my career. Yeah, so same. congratulations <laughs> to you. All right, thank you. Go away, Tia. Tia Charlton there, just a young lady making a mark. Still only, what, 20, 21? 21 years 21. of age. She's been in the system now for three or four years. So she's playing some really good footy, and she, and she is nailing her role for the team, which yeah. is why they are 6-0. They've got, I mentioned to her, Ebony Marinoff and uh, and Hutch out in the middle, but they've got a lot of players that are absolutely playing their role to a T, and Tia is one of them. It is amazing, the tackling, though. They've taken to that. I mean, when that, when they first, it was quite awkward when they first started playing, but some of those tackles, to get nine a game, yep. what did you say, she had 12 last week? She had 12 on the Incredible. weekend, averaging nine a game. So it is, and, and the tackle technique has improved a lot in the game, and you're right, they are ferocious at the contest. Yeah. Okay. Scotty Ninnis shortly, thanks to Toolkit Depot, tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear. Uh, Toolkit Depot, everything you need under one roof, tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear, in-store and online. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SEN SA. Well, you look at the scoreboard for the 36s, it reads Norton 4, but I feel, Dan, they've been in, in the games pretty well. Every one of those just lapses again, just moments, five minutes here, five minutes there that have been their downfall. Yeah, it is. It's been costly because you're right. And in the last two games, it's been their starts, to be honest. They've been down by 10 or 11 points a quarter time. But they've showed that their best is is as good as anyone in the comp. They're just going to sustain it a bit more. And uh, looking forward to chatting to Scotty Ninnis about how they can do that moving forward. Yeah, they do need an import in quickly. Hi, Scotty. How are you? Oh, g'day, boys. How are you going? Yeah, that's a fair assessment, isn't it? You've been in every game. You look at the scoreline, not 4 You're thinking, oh, that's not a great start. But... I reckon every every game you've had a chance to win. Uh, absolutely, I think that's been the frustrating thing. Is is we're not we're not playing badly. You know, we, we we've uh, at times our, our our best has been very very good. But it is like you said, it's it's just those couple of minute lapses where um, we allowed teams to go on. You know, a bit of a scoring run, and, and our starts haven't been great apart from uh, you know the first game in Brisbane where we jumped out to fifteen and zero, but. Uh, um, we, we just need to find that, uh, I guess, bit of mongrel about us, and, and you know, when the game's there to be won, to, to be able to make smart decisions and uh, you know, close things out the right way. It's uh, um, you know, people are saying, well, you, you, you've had a tough draw. I, I don't buy into that. Yes, certainly we've played probably three of the, the teams that everyone's predicting to be probably the best three teams this year in, in Melbourne, United, Perth and Sydney. But it's the same for everyone. You know, you just got to find a way to beat those teams. And if you want to be in the mix at the, yeah. um, you know, at, at the end of the season, they're the teams you've got to beat. You've been around a long while in basketball. When you mention those three big teams uh, and you look at our roster compared to theirs, uh, we undermanned if you go man for man and we, we haven't got a, obviously the, the big import at the moment, but are we around the mark or... Or how would you describe it? Oh, look, I would say we're, we're certainly around the mark. Our, our results have shown that. I, I think that there's no question about that. Oh, I, you know, do we have, you know, Trey Kill, you know, was outstanding on Sunday and, and, and had 28 points. I, I think probably in the, the previous games there's been a question mark is, is, you know, who can do that for us? You know, who's that guy that, you know, the, the, you know Perth has the Bryce Cotton and, and Sydney has the Jalen Adams. You know, who's that guy for us that can really 
you know, take the game by a scruff of the neck and, and you know, Brisbane with Nathan Sobey, that sort of guy. So, you know, it was it was great seeing Trey perform well um, on Sunday and, and have that sort of influence. And, uh, you know, if, if it's him or someone else, I think we, we need that go-to guy um, to, to really sort of make a mark. But the most important thing for us right now is we just got to get that win. You know, we get that first yeah. win. Uh, our next three games are all at home. Um, you know, uh, you know Illawarra, uh, South East Melbourne, and, and Perth, which are all very, very winnable games. As all games should be at home. So, yeah, we just need to get over the line one way or another on Saturday night, and, and hopefully that kickstarts our season. Yeah, you certainly do, Scotty. And hopefully Illawarra they take on Tasmania Thursday night in Tassie, and then they do the road trip over here to Adelaide. So similar sort of schedule that you guys had last week. It will be a challenge and. That might be the one that gets it done. But on that, is it? Is there been much talk about your starting lineup? Your starting five, as you mentioned, been down by ten points and eleven points in the at quarter time in the last two games. Do you potentially look at a different player to come in and bring that grunt to start the game, and then maybe give you a different look throughout the match? Oh, absolutely. We're always having those conversations. Uh, we started Jason Gaddy on on Sunday against the Kings. Uh, you, you know, I think. Uh, yeah, you know, he's probably you know probably wasn't bought in as that guy. He was probably um, you know sort of guy we need that sort of guy coming off the bench and leading that second unit. And uh, you know we 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 did start him at the start of the game, but then we went back to Sunday Jets to start the second the, the, the second half in the third quarter, and we were we were much better in that third quarter. And that's when we really got back into the game. Um, you know, we're we're obviously having conversations about adding. You know, adding someone to the to the roster, and, and and obviously, if we do that, that will be a you know that will be an impact player. But uh, look, I, I think um, you know when you look at you know Mitch McCarron, I think we've got a you know we've got a great leader there, and, and you know I know at times you know he gets criticism as as do other players, but I think when you've got a guy that's you know captain Australia over the last couple of years, you know that I'm comfortable with him leading us. You know, from the point guard position, um, Sunday Detch, I think, is, is probably the best defender in the competition. And then, you know, Jacob Wiley and Isaac Humphreys have, you know, really give us a shot on the arm as well. So I don't think they're, I don't think we need wholesale changes. I think sometimes you can get a little bit too carried away and, and it's, that, that's understandable when you're zero and four. But we're, we're, to me, I feel we're very, very close. Um, as I said, we just need to get that first win. Yeah, and so on that, and Trey Kell, one of the coolest names in the NBL, 28 points you mentioned against Sydney, 10 from 17 shooting. Is that something that is sustainable? Can we expect to see that against Illawarra on the weekend? Will he put up as many shots, or is it something that we maybe won't expect to see as often? Well, no, no, we, we've spoken to him about that and, and, you know, having the green light to, to shoot the ball, you know, on a regular basis. And well, I think initially... You know, he wasn't brought in for that role. That that was going to be Jamal Franklin, and, and you know, as, as we know, that unfortunately didn't work out for either party. So, you know, we've spoken about Trey about you know really looking to be aggressive from a scoring point of view, and, and you saw that on on Sunday that he's capable of doing that. So, look, I, I would expect him to stay aggressive. Now, we're not expecting him to score twenty eight points every game either. I mean, that, that would be be nice, but. Uh, you know, certainly, if he can give us that, uh, I guess that focal point, uh, that that would be uh, obviously help us uh, uh, get that uh, get that win under the belt. Scotty Ninnisak, yes, hey, Scotty, I saw um, Cairns played Washington Wizards in America. They got a big scoreline, one forty-five, I think, to eighty-two. I, 
I know it's a dropping, but it'd be a good experience. No, Adelaide went over there and won a game, but uh, that'd be good for all, all young Australians going up in crack, wouldn't it? Mate, I'm not sure getting beaten by 63 is good experience for anybody, to be honest. Well, you know you need to improve. You know you you know this is how far behind you are. <laughs> yeah, they yeah they had two of their two of their main rotation guys who who were crooked didn't play, and, and obviously that didn't help. And you know, obviously you know with with what the 36 is doing last year and going over and winning it. Look, I'm I think it, it's it's great to put a focal point on the on the NBL like like that. Personally, you know, I, I, you know, I, I saw I saw what happened with Adelaide last year. We, you know, we win that game against the Phoenix, and uh, you know, for the first time an NBL team's ever been an NBA team, and we come back and get our ass kicked in the first game. Yeah. So to me, it's it's sort of it's you know, it's a big thing to ask, especially once the season started. So, uh, well, how does I, that I think come I, about, Scotty? That's what my next question. You, they played three games, I think. Then they go to America and play a game. You know what the travel's like. Takes a while to come back and adjust. How, how did this all formulate? Oh, look, it's 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 been something that's been going on for a few years now. And as I said, it, it's great promotion for the NBL. I, I don't know if it's if it's great for the the club involved because you have got that travel time and. and you know, turn one side, you know, one side of the world to the other, and then resuming your season. So it's it's obviously not ideal preparation, and uh, uh, but yeah, obviously as you said, it's 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 a wonderful experience uh, for, for everybody involved. Um, uh, you know, New Zealand also uh, played today, and they lost by forty as well. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, not uh, not a great day for Australian basketball, sure. but um, good experience nonetheless. Yeah, good experience nonetheless. You're right now. Bet in Illa on the weekend. What's the number one focus, or what's the number one thing the 36ers need to do, in your opinion, Scott, to be able to get the win this weekend? Look, I think we got part of it right. You know, against Sydney, we we, we spoke about you know, pushing them all, all more in transition and, and getting easier baskets because we we hadn't scored out of the 70s in the first three games, and and you know. Offense was poor, and our defense has been excellent. Um, you know, we we, we held um, you know, Perth to 82 points, and we held Melbourne United to 82 points, and Brisbane 87. So we got the offensive part of it right by scoring 100 against Sydney, but uh, unfortunately they got 109. So yeah. I think we just need to, you know, maintain that defensive structure and intensity that we that we bought in those first three games, uh, but continue to you know try and push the ball and get some easy transition baskets. So. Um, you know, a lot of the, uh, I guess, goals that we had as, as far as, you know, points against and what we wanted to do, we we achieved. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, we, we you know, we, we got caught up in, you know, not, not being as, as strong defensively as we've been in those first three games. Good luck this week. Let's hope for a win, Scotty. No, that's uh, that's the plan, mate. It's... Uh, no, no other option as far as I'm concerned. We just need to win this one and get get back on track exactly. and uh, see where we go from there. Good stuff. Scotty Ninnis there, assistant coach, 36. is a fair point. I suppose you get walloped 145, but uh, to 82. It'd still be good, though, to play against the, oh, the might of the NBA. be incredible surely. to, again, when you play in your sport at a high level, to be able to play against the very best the players best. Uh, and match up against them, yeah. it's a great experience. And, uh, and as it will be this weekend, Saturday, Basketball is back at the Entertainment Centre when the 36ers face Illawarra. 
Hawks, led by NBL legend CJ Bruton. You don't want to miss the new look 36ers. Full of entertainment for everyone. This is the hottest ticket in town with tickets available at Ticket Tech. I might get along to that one, Wilds. It's they do it be, well, don't they? Uh, Always fill it out. Atmosphere is incredible. 8,000. Uh, at the basketball. They do it so well there. At the Entertainment Centre and the 36ers. So uh, I think we will win this game. Illawarra takes have on... To. I well, think have to. We have to, but also Illawarra takes on Tassie tomorrow night and then come and play here in Adelaide. Now, it's not that far a trek, but in saying that, you just see the fatigue oh. start to add up when you play a couple of games in three days. So Can't, can't go Norton 5. No, definitely can't go Norton 5. But um, before we end the show, Wilds, we haven't spoke about the ODI, ODI cricket from last night. Watched a lot of that last oh, night. Sri Lanka and Pakistan... So Sri Lanka came out, they made nine for 344. They were, what, 200, two for 200. Two for 200 with about 25 overs left. They looked like they were going to make more than 400. It looked like it was nearly done. And Pakistan come out and lost a few early wickets as well. But they chased it down, four for 345 with 10 balls to spare. Shafiq made 113, but Rizwan is in some incredible form. He made 131 off 121 deliveries, not out. He was cramping something incredibly. Yeah. There is a highlight if you haven't seen it. He comes down the pitch. He hits a six over long off. And as he's done it, he's cramping mid-stroke. And he goes down. looks like he's been shot. The commentators oh. lost it. But he's made 450s in his last five innings for Pakistan. They are going to be a dark horse in this World Cup. Yeah, they are. Because they didn't bowl well, Pakistan. And then Bubba, their best batsman, got caught down the leg side. Well, they dr- and they dropped Mendes uh, twice. Twice. And he before he made 100. 20, he made 122 off 77 deliveries. 400s in the game? There was, uh, there was 400. So there's been nine now, I believe, in the tournament, which is... Um, Great for the tournament. I think we'll probably see another one tonight when India take on Afghanistan starting literally in about five minutes' time. So uh, India against Rashid Khan of Afghanistan. I don't think there's any chance uh, Afghanistan, but India, they will, they will obviously be right on track. I don't think Shubman Gill's in for this one again, but uh, they shouldn't have any troubles and disposing of the a Afghan. A big one tomorrow night, and we'll speak with Barat. Huge. Uh, Australia playing South Africa. Do you think there'll be a couple of changes? Uh, I'd be interested to see what Brad says. I don't know if they will. One game in, I feel like they, they want to keep some cohesion in the group. They don't want to change too much. But um, they played South Africa in a five-game series only a couple of weeks ago. So they'll know what they're going to get from South Africa. But again, you don't want to fall behind too quickly yeah. in this tournament. It's only the top four teams out of the 10 that make the semifinals. South Africa had a really good win first up. So Australia needs to win this one to get back to one and one. There's a bit of talk um, that Pat Cummins might be dropped. I uh, read an article in the Australian saying his form has been poor and you, their two best fast bowlers are Stark and Hazelwood. Yeah. And can you play yep. three quicks in a, on the, some of these slow wickets? No, well, and that's the thing. that We probably shouldn't, we shouldn't have done it against India and Chennai. The wicket was always going to spin. So what is the correct makeup for the squad? I'm looking forward to asking Barat about that tomorrow night. Uh, Do you think horses for courses, like mix and match? Some, like maybe uh, Stoinis comes in, Green has on, on a on a perhaps more firmer wicket, Green plays. He's, he could be the third or fourth. Yeah, he could. Quick. He could. The other thing is Travis Head's obviously not back either. So you, you don't yeah. have his spin option as well, which, yeah, he's probably not going to bowl you 10 overs, but he's handy. He's handy to come in and do a job in these pitches. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't have the three fast bowlers for the majority of this tournament playing. Do you like the the firepower of Australia when you've got Smith and Labuschagne? They're both, to me, not natural Hitters and Kerry's not a massive hitter himself. Yeah, you got Stoinis, Warner can hit it hard, and Mitch Marsh can. There's three, but yeah, again, I think it depends on the pitch because we look at Sri Lanka and Pakistan last night. Now, Pakistan's two best batters, and 
arguably more aggressive. Imam Mulhak got out cheaply and, and Babar Azam, the number one ranked batter in the world. So Abdullah, Shafiq and Rizwan, they are not big hitters. So on that pitch, it actually played into their favour. And so the likes of Steve Smith and Marnus, that'd be perfect for them. But again, on other pitches that maybe don't play so well, you do need your bigger hitters. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Beaumont Tolls giving away a trip for two to America's footy's biggest game worth over $70,000 just shopping store at Beaumont's before November 12. And you're in with a chance, T's and C's apply. Big show again tonight. Spoke about the draft and uh, who's getting done and who's not. Also there was a bit spoke, that happened today, wasn't there? Spoke about players that have been to three clubs. There have been some great examples of players that have done well. And perhaps some that um, we talk about Brody Grundy seems to be dropping a peg every time he goes to yeah, another club. Yeah, he does. But it's an opportunity. He's going to get the number one rock spot, and we spoke about that. So... Very interesting to see. Sydney's so busy today, and they will continue to be throughout the draft. Mate, have a great night tomorrow. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We'll speak with the Brad on the eve of South Africa and Australia, and we'll see you between 6 and 7. Bye for now. Bye for now. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV, Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.